Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how God wants us to share our faith online. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about how Christians can share the reason for the hope that we have constructively online. You know, when Jesus told his apostles to go and make disciples of all nations, they understood at the time that they would need to walk to those nations, that they would need to send letters to those nations. And as time progressed, the disciples for Christ have realized that the way we go about making disciples progresses too. You know, going to all nations used to mean walking and riding letters and riding horses And it moved on to riding cars and trains and boats and planes and sending telegrams and phone calls and correspondence courses all the way to today when we're going through the greatest revolution in how we communicate since the printing press. You know, the internet has opened up doors that couldn't have been dreamed of by those apostles sitting at the feet of Jesus and imagining how they would be able to fulfill his commission to preach the gospel to the whole world. You know, when Paul and the other apostles, they traveled, they they taught in synagogues uh, and in prominent homes, the center of these communities where everyone gathered. In Acts chapter 17, 17, uh, it tells us that Paul went into the markets daily, the place where people came to sell what they had and buy what they needed. And, and the apostles, they didn't go into a town and build a building on the outskirts, hoping people would find their way to them. They went into the center of the community. They preached the gospel where everyone could hear right there in the marketplace. You know, and I'm not sure that the example means for us that we need to go find a box and stand on it in our local supermarket to preach, although that might be a way to share our faith. But today, you know, the center of our community, it's no longer a physical place It's right here online. You know, the internet and social media has become our marketplace and our synagogue. And like Paul, we should be there preaching the good news too. You know, what an opportunity we have today. But sharing our faith constructively online has come with its own set of unique challenges. And I think we'll find that word constructively proves to be the tricky part. You know, it's easy to pick up the megaphone and shout the truth at people, but proclaiming that truth in a way that people will want to respond to it is another matter entirely. There are plenty of people and individuals and Christian groups and churches that are doing this so well, but I think we've all seen online evangelism that isn't quite what it should be. You know, I want to be in the first group. So how do we do it? How do we constructively go to all nations to make disciples online? Well, first, I think we need to remember who we are, or or maybe we need to start by remembering who we're not. We are not pundits on cable news that need to express outrage about anything someone across the political aisle does. We are not policemen of thoughts uh, with the solemn duty of correcting everyone when they're wrong. We are not an imaginary person in a fantasy world where the words that we type have no effect on other people. We are Christians. You are holy, set apart according to 1 Peter. You are a priest. You are a soldier. You are a minister. If you want to share your faith, you need to start by living that faith, even online. You'll remember that on the other side of the screen, there is real people, and they don't 
need to hear how you feel about the latest political scandal. They don't need to hear uh, your, your opinions or have their grammar corrected. They need to hear Jesus. Anything that distracts from that mission is detestable to God. Anything you post or message or, or put into a meme or video chat that takes away from your ability to share the gospel is something that shouldn't be shared. It doesn't matter how important you think it is or how wrong they are. It is not more important than the gospel. The internet gives us the incredible opportunity to go into all nations at once and connect with them in real and intimate ways and share the news that Christ died for them. And that should be our sole drive. Second, we should listen more than we speak. You know, James 1.19 tells us we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And if we embraced that advice, how many situations would we get ourselves out of? If we could just take a second to breathe before we responded, how many negative interactions would we avoid? You know, listening is the most important part of communication, and online communication is no exception here. As your elementary school teacher probably told you, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. And when you're on social media or wherever, even if we're there with the noble ambition to share our faith, silence can sometimes be more effective than speaking. And that can be hard because we may feel, you know, we have all the answers. And those people online, they are just so wrong. They need to be corrected. But even Christ, who legitimately did have all the answers, he sat down to eat with people. He, he was teaching. He, he discussed the truth with them. He didn't just preach it all the time. He listened to their questions. He let them work through these things so they could come to an understanding, come to those answers on their own. And there aren't many people like that online. There's not people who are slow to speak and slow to become angry online. And you can stand out and show others what this faith is simply by being willing to listen. Third, when we are sharing our faith online or in person, we should respect others, showing them the love that Christ has shown us, speaking the truth in love. You know, we won't always love or respect their choices, but we love them and we should act like it. You know, that respect should come in a couple of different forms. We should show people respect in the way we talk to them and treat them most obviously. If we speak like everyone else speaks, why should anyone listen to what we have to say? If we're no different in how we comment and how we talk, what's the point? Why would they believe that our faith is transformative when we aren't acting transformed? How can they understand that Christ is all loving if we don't show them that love? But not only should we uh, show love in the way we speak with others, but we should also show others intellectual respect. You know, they may be wrong, but that doesn't necessarily make them unintelligent. The Ethiopian told Philip in Acts 8 when he asked if he understood what he was reading, how can I unless someone explains it to me? You know, sometimes we need the perspective of someone else to understand what God needs us to know. And there are people online who aren't intelligent or not unintelligent. They're not purposely ignorant of the word. They're just waiting for God to send someone who, who can explain it to them. And this applies to other Christians as well. Even once we're saved, we still sometimes need help. Oftentimes we need help. 
Acts chapter 18 tells us about a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus, and he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. You know, sometimes as Christians, We need a Priscilla or Aquila, not because we aren't studying on our own or because we don't have enough zeal or enough intelligence, but because we need some help filling in the gaps in our learning. You know, give people online the benefit of the doubt that they fall into one of those categories. Don't underestimate their intelligence. And another thing that goes along with that, don't overestimate their knowledge of what you know. You know, maybe someone is ready to hear about Jesus but maybe they don't have the same background in Bible words or characters or events that we do. That's okay. You know, we don't need to know everything at first. Don't base someone's intelligence or willingness to be a disciple on their score in Bible trivia. Don't patronize people, but also be willing to help them fill in some of those gaps respectfully. Ask questions and don't make assumptions. Fourth, We need to be authentic online to share our faith constructively. You know, everything that goes online, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, everything that's on there is public. And once it's online, it stays online. So be consistent. Don't be that person who posts uh, scripture graphics one day and then a cursing rant the next day. You know, present a consistent personality online and present a consistent Christian personality online. This is one of the the blessings and the curses of social media. You know, when we're in person, we change what we say based on the context. Even if you've got a a foul mouth with your friends on a Friday night, when you come to church on Sunday morning, you put on some nice clothes and you clean up. You know, maybe it's not even about hiding sin that you do in private publicly. Maybe it's more germane than that. You, You don't usually talk to your boss or your grandmother the same way you talk to your friends. You know, context determines how we act. And that's the curse of social media is that those separate spheres of our lives, family and friends and work and church, et cetera, they're now all lumped together on one profile. So you can't alter how you act with those different groups. And that can be inconvenient when you're, for instance, comfortable talking about maybe politics with some close friends, but not work acquaintances. But the blessing of this is that it forces Christians to stop hiding. It makes it harder to compartmentalize our lives, to act like a a Christian with the church, but act like a pagan everywhere else. So to effectively share our faith, though, in this new climate, we must consistently present our faith. We can, and we sometimes should, show others authentic flaws. That's not what we're talking about. But we cannot turn our faith on and off like a flip of a switch. Finally, We should support other Christians who are sharing the gospel well day and night. You don't want to be alone in this fight. And others don't want to be alone either. When you see others who are striving to be a light to the world, even if they're not doing it exactly how you would, avoid criticizing them. Avoid tearing them down. Encourage them for their good work. Reflect the unity that the blood of Christ should bring to his people. You know, the internet presents a a tremendous opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ in ways that were previously inconceivable. And we should take advantage of that open door to constructively give a reason 
for the hope that we have. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday so that you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.